Good evening and welcome to episode 161 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks for joining us tonight. We got a lot of great things uh, to talk about this evening. My Saratoga trip being one of them, but mainly the late pick five Saturday at Del Mar. And the PP just came out a few years, a few uh, weeks ago, or weeks ago, a few hours ago. Uh, wow. This late pick five on Saturday at Del Mar is absolutely difficult. Big fields, very exciting. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen after you do that. Hit that notification bell. Um, our shows vary throughout the week. We're always Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. But as you know, we've been doing some extra shows. So you got to hit that notification bell so you know when new content will arise. Also, smash that thumbs up button. I'll tell YouTube this is a great show. Of course, you know, with my name tag on the bottom of the screen, you can follow me on Twitter. And I've been very active on Twitter, especially last weekend. I sent out some very cool videos and pictures and many things from Saratoga. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw them. If you don't follow me on Twitter, uh, you didn't see them. So make sure you follow me on Twitter at H Kravitz. And of course, the bottom of the screen on the scroll, eventually you'll see my email, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com for any questions, comments, opinions, or whatever. You can also see on the bottom of the screen that tomorrow night, our regular flagship show, 8 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be covering the fantastic card at Saratoga next Saturday, or this Saturday, I should say. It's the Jim Dandy Stakes. You got Epicenter, Early Voting, Zandon. Wow, what a feel that is. And then you also have the Vanderbilt Stakes with the return of Jackie's Warrior. And those past performances just came out a few hours ago. Uh, this is no walkover. Jackie's Warrior's got some fast horses he's going to face. So we will cover that late pick five tomorrow uh, night for Saratoga Saturday with our special guest, a gentleman who I just saw for the first time in Saratoga. And I'm going to reciprocate. Um, he invited me on to the Capital OTB Racing Across, Racing Across America morning show um, through Capital OTB. And I was on his show live from Saratoga uh, Saturday morning for about 20 minutes. And now we're going to have Seth Merrow on our show. Great guy. He's an excellent handicapper. Great analysis. Big fan of the game. He's been in horse racing a long time. Seth Merrow from Capital OTB will be our guest uh, tomorrow, along with my fantastic co-hosts. All right, I think we're going to bring our co-hosts in right away here. Of course, those of you watching live, please make sure you comment on the top right-hand side of the screen um, for any questions for myself, Pete, or Paul. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and bring in my, before I talk about a few things, I want to bring in my uh, co-hosts because I think they ought to hear uh, everything that uh, I have to say about the trip and some thanks, including one of my co-hosts deserves some thanks as well. So let's bring in my uh, co-hosts right now. Uh, the old hosts of the show uh, from Maryland, Pete Visco, and from the Saratoga special, Mr. Paul Halloran. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Welcome back. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, you guys, you see that little, we got a new uh, background. We got some banners. It looks got good. Some- icons there on the bottom right left hand side of the screen and as you guys notice of course you guys notice at home we got the bling i got my hat it came in we got the hhh racing podcast hat got the hhh whoop there we go did it again the hhh racing <laughs> podcast 
uh, polo. Um, I got a special order. That's why mine are in. If you guys ordered, I just uh, – sorry, Paulison. <laughs> Sometimes the big chief gets a little special treatment. Uh, it'll be coming in. I just talked to the uh, uh, my um, distributor. Uh, they're placing the order. You guys will be getting your clothes uh, in a few weeks or so. Um, but you can see the hat and the polo. Uh, Paul, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Howard. A little running around here, life getting in the way. I had a meeting I had to be at tonight for a client, but uh, I am home and uh, ready to go. So, Paul, are you done with that meeting? Are you are you here to stay now? Yes. For... Okay, no, great. I'm good. Yep. And just so everyone knows, um, Paul was very busy tonight, like you said, with the meeting. Uh, Paul's picks will be doing live. So as we go yep. through the races, Paul is going to just tell us our picks, and I will put them into the bottom of the screen. So bear with us uh, with those. Uh, gentlemen, I have a few public thank yous that I'd like to say first before we get started. So uh, bear with me. Um, as all, most of you know, or all of you know, I was at Saratoga uh, Springs for the first time this past weekend. Actually, more than the weekend. I, I got in last Wednesday night and was there through uh, Sunday morning. I'd like to give a few uh, thank yous. I have nothing written down. I'm just going off the cuff. So I'm thinking in chronological order. First, of all, I'd like to publicly thank um, the people that were with me uh, on the trip, uh, Brad Anderson, Matt Miller, and uh, Philly Joe Mecca. Joe is the uh, first time I met Joe. Uh, great guy, excellent uh, handicapper as well. Those three guys were a real pleasure to be with the entire uh, trip. We uh, stayed in a house. That was fantastic. Other than the fact that we had to crank up that air conditioning. Uh, if you were in Saratoga Springs this past weekend, or basically, I guess, anywhere in the Midwest or East, it was about uh, – 95 every day in Saratoga. It was it was a sweat box, uh, but it was a great time. But anyway, thanks to my traveling companions who uh, made the trip great. Um, in order, I believe, of the trip, I'd like to thank Mike Schrader. Mike Schrader is the manager of Infront uh, Training Center, where I got to saw, uh, see uh, one of the horses that I have a bigger piece of, Magistrate, who will be starting probably September or October trained by Christoph Clement. He is getting a lot bigger than I saw him when I saw him in December. He's a big gray colt. I love everything I see about him. Not sure about turf or dirt, but anyway, thank you to Mike Schrader. Had a great time. By the way, the in-front training center, guys, has an indoor, uh, like, five-eighths mile dirt track. It's basically, like, encompasses. It's really cool. It's, like, basically a big oval that's around the middle of the training center, which has the stalls and the stables. And it's covered, so, like, even in the winter, they can just train on this, like, indoor um, track, uh, which I've never seen before. It's really a dirt track, which was really cool. But anyway, thanks to Mike Schrader. Um, Friday, uh, big thanks to Kim Ware from the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, uh, who was able to set up through a, do uh, through a donation of our traveling party. We went on a fantastic backstretch tour with, the big Richard Migliori, who was just absolutely awesome. Guys, how about this? Two and a half hours. The MIG spent two and a half hours with us going to the back stretch through Clear Court, seeing a bunch of the stables, talking about the his history of, you know, Man of War. Uh, very cool video I sent out on Twitter where we were basically in a golf cart driving down or inside the original track in 1863. So the original track of 1863, guys, is still there, as Paul knows. They actually train on it a little bit. Um, very, very tight turns, very narrow, very cool. So uh, anyway, th th um, thanks to Kim Weir and um, 
uh, the Meg, Richard Migliori. Also want to give thanks to Andy Serling and Anthony Stabile, who I said hello to. Uh, Andy Serling gave me some paddock tickets, so thank you to uh, Andy Serling and Anthony Stabile. Also want to thank, uh, we were twice, we went to some host houses for some fantastic meals. Uh, Peter uh, Thomas Forental, want to thank him for a fantastic dinner at his house. Had a chance for the first time to meet his wife and um, their wonderful daughter and Muggsy. The famous handicapping dog met him for the first time as well. And I also want to thank Marshall Graham, who hosted us for a brunch. He's fantastic of 10 Strike Racing. Also saw uh, Clay Sanders there and met Marshall's family. Uh, shout out to them as well. And then a final thank you. And if I forgot someone, I apologize. But a final thank you to Donnie Nelson. I know, Paul, you know Donnie, I believe. Great guy. Yeah. He's an executive there with Naira Betts. We were treated first class unbelievable we got sort of these cool um seats that were right outside the 1863 club we were literally on the first turn like if you just reach outside of our paddock we were touching the outside rail at the top of the first turn it was absolutely unbelievable first class treatment from naira Betts and dotty nelson so thank you very much and if i forgot anyone else i apologize but the whole trip was just absolutely amazing and finally how can i forget uh thanks to paul halloran Right down there, Paul Halloran just wrote an article. Uh, Paul, it's on the um, Pete. It's on the website now, I believe. You can shake your head, Pete. I know. Yeah, it's on yep. the website. Website. Paul wrote a great article. It was more a feature about myself, but it also talked about a little bit of my traveling companions and my trip to Saratoga. Um, but it was more a feature on myself. Paul, uh, kudos to you, man. You are an excellent writer, and from a journalism major who's written many articles, I know a good writer when I can see one and read one and paul you, you covered it like a glove so paul just uh shout out to you if you want to read the article about myself um please uh go to our website and on our website we have the article up from the saratoga special better yet go online and check out the saratoga special and just check out the whole um the whole newspaper which came out today paul is that right today's yes today's wednesday and the hard copy wednesday and saturday yep okay um, thank you very much. I uh, appreciate it. Oh, boy. How can I – thank you, Matt. How can I forget? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I knew I was going to forget someone. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Tom Durkin. Tom Durkin, who uh, was awesome, took myself, Matt Miller, uh, Joe Metka, and Brad Anderson on a personal tour of the National uh, Racing Museum Hall of Fame, which was great. He had a lot of stories to share with us. And, gentlemen, I got exciting news. I don't want to hold him to it. But I do have Tom Durkin's um, uh, personal information, and I believe he's going to be coming on the show. I don't know when, but we'll see if we can get Tom Durkin on the show. If you're watching right now, viewers, can you imagine? The best, I think, arguably the best race call announcer in the history of the game will be right here on the HHH Racing Podcast, uh, TBA, hopefully during the Saratoga meet. Uh, Guys, let's check some some comments, guys. Uh, Let's see. we got Stevens here. Steven, Hello. Uh, Patrick, Patrick, young man, um, who's just finishing college. I uh, get a chance to see him again. Uh, Leo, I sound very distant compared to Paul. Okay. So maybe my sound is a little bit off. I don't know. I thought my sound's okay. Um, I'll, I'll check that. Uh, Kyle's here. Uh, let's see who else. And then Matt Miller mentioned Tom. So, uh, we got a lot of people, uh, watching tonight. Pete and Paul, here's, I'm going to start the show. And I ain't really preppy on this, but before we get into Del Mar, PPs. Any quick thoughts about the Saratoga um, 
races for the ladies this weekend. Of course, uh, we had Malathot versus Clarier, and then we also had Secret Oath, um, who lost to Nest. Any quick thoughts, Pete or Paul, on those two races? Go ahead, Paul. Well, I, I was right on one of them, which means I was right on 50% of them. I, I loved Nest. You know, not that I mean, you know, just compared to Secret Oath, you know, one of them is going to win, right? Um, and I was on the wrong side. Uh, Pete, Pete will forgive me for being on the wrong side of the, you know, and ironically, uh, I love Clarier as a horse as well, Pete, but uh, I'm kind of snake bitten by Malathat. <laughs> I've mentioned I, you know, she nailed me in the oaks for a, a, a pick five with search results that would have paid three times as much. And, and now, but, you know, Clarier was just much, much the best. But how good was Nest, by the way? I mean, Unbelievable. Nest, yeah, they're, they're likely going to go to the Alabama. But, you know, and, and this is going to be a very, very good Travers. We've already talked about it. If this were other years in the Travers, you know, uh, thinking of the Alpha Dead Heat year, perhaps. Uh, if this were other years when the Travers was light, I think they would give it serious consideration. But uh, the Travis is going to be absolutely loaded. And they're still waiting to see. The flight line people are still waiting to see if any airlines fly from California to Albany. That's still TBA. But uh, other than that. Uh, no, so I was, I was very impressed with Nest. And, you know, Clarier right now is, is at certainly uh, right there at the top of the division. She, she did not have a great trip. Uh, you know, even in a small field, <laughs> she encountered some trouble. You know, as great as Rosario is, and he is great, but he does kind of have a knack at that. He he can get you in trouble even in a four or five horse field. But certainly, Pete, once she got out of the trouble, she was lights out. Yeah, you know, I love you know, I love Clarier and and Nest was super impressive and it's going to make for the rest of the season along the way. It's going to make for leading up to the breeders cup to the distaff. It's going to be, it's going to be fantastic when those three-year-olds and, and we haven't even seen a couple of the three-year-olds come back yet. So maybe they can come back strong as well. If we can see them. And then, I mean, Malathat, even when she's doesn't win, she hasn't been winning, but she's still running strong races. Mm-hmm. So she's still always a threat to hit the board. So it's going to be fun to watch those, watch the ladies progress over the rest of the year. Both daughters of, the great the curlin curlin <laughs> yeah of course uh by the way not only the girls uh of course the males were on saturday we're not going to recap the uh haskell you guys covered the haskell car like a glove with kyle roscoe uh last wednesday so congratulations on that uh fantastic show and pete first time out of the box first time starter as a host thought you did a fantastic job i know you you tweeted out and i think you told me personally it's not easy to host and you were much better the first time than I was. I can tell you that. So <laughs> congratulations to you. Um, I'm just going to very quickly say, I know there's a lot of talk about the tra- uh, the uh, Haskell. We're not going to go back. Congratulations to Cyberknife. Anyone that had Cyberknife, fantastic job. Congratulations to you. I got to say, Tabo was the best horse, though. I, I The ride that Mike Smith gave, I know that apparently Tabo didn't want to be on the inside or took too many dirt. The minute Tabo came into the two or three path, and let Giroux come up the inside, and then Table was like in between horses and got shuffled back. And Mike Smith and Table lost like two or three lengths. I knew was in tr- I was in trouble, and Table still only lost by an inch. So it's not sour grapes. If you had Cyberknife, congratulations. But at least my humble opinion, Table was clearly the best horse 
uh, in that race going forward. Uh, we'll have to see. But anyways, very exciting race. And the Travers guys is lining up to be, wow, that is going to be an unbelievable race. Of course, the great mighty Rich Strike will be pointing towards yeah. the Travers. And as apparently I read, is working out of his skin, apparently. So, uh... Howard, keep, Howard, do me a favor. <laughs> keep saying that. Will you please keep pushing that so people bet him? Please. Rich Strike looks unbelievable. Should be the I'm borderline gonna... favorite for the Travers. I would hope so. I hope he wins it. The rest of the the hell with the rest of these three year olds. Oh, I hope Rich Strike comes back and wins the travel just to stick it to Paul. Paul will be so pissed. <laughs> well, anyway, we got we got plenty of weeks to talk about. Uh, they actually have a very exciting announcement about this podcast on Travers. Um, I'll just throw it out there right now. Now we're gonna handicap uh, Damar for the first time ever. The HHH Racing Podcast is going on the road. Myself and Matt Miller, uh, exact details to be worked out are going to be at a very well known. Um, OTB through Hawthorne Racecourse. We're going to be doing a live HHS Racing uh, podcast show on Travers Day in front of, oh, anywhere between, I'd say, 30 to 75 people who are going to be paying to uh, um, see the show. They call it a party pool. We're going to be making bets. It's going to be live on YouTube, guys, from an OTB. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Just sort of booked that recently through Hawthorne. Shout out to Hawthorne Racecourse. We'll get more details on that uh later um so i was not there that was uh sunday right guys sunday right yeah. uh don i left i left uh sunday morning so i was not there um i heard there was some booze i think paul a lot of people just didn't know what happened of course i, I was yeah. home i was home watching the broadcast and i was tweeting out literally to the second what happened i have zero problem with the no contest i i, I want to get on to del mar but if you want to real quickly paul yeah i just, I, just I, to you respond know. to don so for those who didn't see it, they, they you know, the, the starting gate gets pulled away by a tractor, which is a, you know, a machine run by a motor. And for anyone who's ever had a car not start, uh, you know, obviously the tractor cannot be running when the horses are loading. So they have to start the tractor and, and, you know, it didn't start. So they were scrambling and the horses are on the back stretch. And, you know, the race was, I think, a mile and a 16th. So the horses are going to get to the gate before the finish line. And uh, or it might have been right around there. And so the outrider started signaling to them on the backstretch that there was a problem. The problem is the horses at the front of the pack, the jockeys kept going. <laughs> and several horses in the middle back of the pack, you know, saw the outrider and pulled up. So once horses pulled up, they're kind of left with no choice because, you know, if you bet on one of those horses, you didn't have a chance. So, of course, they did get the gate out of there in time. So two horses went head to head to the wire and people were like, well, what's the big deal here? Well, the big deal is if they didn't get the gate out of there, you got a problem. So, you know, all we need in this game is the images of horses crashing into a starting gate that didn't pull away. So. You know, if you had the one, by the way, I had the one, I had the horse who won the race. So I lost, uh, I got, I'm with you, Howard. I got no problem with it. No, nah, I mean, better safe than sorry, man. Jeez. Oh, I did not have the one that saved me to get the pick five. So, but, uh, we, we've seen a lot of last thing I'm going to say, um, you guys, not you two, but the public in general, people viewing, watching, if you're playing Saratoga, you got to pay attention. There has been a bunch of these two-year-old turf races. And it's funny, Nick Tamro specifically mentioned on the show he does not like those races and i totally get it like every single race of those those two-year-old first-time starter two-turn route turf races has been a wire-to-wire -wire job by a horse that's already started 
and they've been going like 25 and like 50 to the half. And like every time a Chad Brown monster, first time starter, comes home like a train has not got there. That's happened like I think four times already this meet. But anyway, I digress. Um, let's see here. Oh yeah, L- listen, the, the merchandise, the, the store is not open. We can always bring the store back. Tom, thanks for joining the show. We can always bring the store back. By the way, uh, I'll see what demand is like. Whatever. Last thing, guys, the uh, podcast pool is gonna be starting again. If you have no idea what the podcast pool is. Um, I'm going to send out an email to everyone on the email list. Um, and I think, you know what, uh, well, Pete, I'll talk to you about the, about the uh, website with the, with the podcast pool. I'll, I'll talk to you about that, but the podcast pool is going to start again. Forget the Derby super factor. That's it. I forgot to change the banner. Um, but anyway, uh, it's going to start again in August. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, look through your emails or just email me. If you're not on the email list, I'll get you information about the uh, podcast pool, which will be starting uh, in August. All right, guys, we're starting a little bit later tonight. It's a little later on the East Coast. Let's jump right in here uh, to the uh, Del Mar. We haven't covered Del Mar yet, not for any negative reasons, but uh, Del Mar, for those of you who are thinking like, well, California's got really short fields. I don't want to bet. Uh, Del Mar is a fantastic meet. I love Del Mar. Uh, just because we haven't covered it, again, I'm not throwing any shade or we're not throwing any shade at all. We've been a bit Saratoga-centric. Del Mar is fantastic. I love everything about it. This pick five, I have to say, even though we're coming to Saratoga tomorrow, guys, with some two with two short fields tomorrow and the stakes at Saratoga, this pick five we're covering right now might be my favorite bet of the weekend. I think this is the one I'm going to be playing the most and playing the heaviest. I thought this was a very, very difficult sequence. Guys, let's jump right in to the late pick five right now as I go ahead and share my screen. I'm also going to be switching a few... Uh, I'm going to get a different, uh, Pete knows what that's about. I'm going to get a different background up on this. Let's go to, <laughs> let's get that background up there and let's go full screen. I think we're ready to go. All right. Let me take off this banner too. We don't need to scroll anymore. Woo. I did it, Pete. All right. Good job. Uh, Good job. There we go. Thank you. Race seven. Look at the time <laughs> race seven, uh, for you East coast people, especially this is going to start the, the start of the pick five starts at eight p.m. Eastern. And as Paul's told me, tradition at Saratoga, when you're out for dinner or wherever you are, uh, go ahead and bet that late pick five at Del Mar. So again, 8 p.m. Eastern is the start of the late pick five. It starts a five for long turf race. I want everyone to notice the rail is out 12 feet. As the rail gets further and further out, it tends to favor speed. I'm not saying it's going to be speed favoring on Saturday, but as the rails go out a little bit, it's usually more speed favoring. Uh, five furlongs is an optional claiming 80,000 non-winner N2X or also N non-winners of three, depending on the condition. It's a big field. It's a field of nine. Again, five furlongs on the turf. Pete, we're going to go with you first as I bring up the PPs. And also I'm going to go ahead and switch to our picks here. And again, um, Paul, let's just do this so people aren't confused. Paul, can you give me your three numbers first? Are you, uh, Paul, you're, Paul, you're on mute. mute. Five, three, six. Okay, I'm going to switch this right now um, as I do this. Pete, we're going to go with you here. Hold on one second. Five, three, six. Hey, there Paul, I have I have three completely different numbers. So isn't that awesome? We're starting off with a yeah. bang wow. here. Pretty, pretty unusual that, for you guys. That actually. very rarely happens, yes. Now, uh, something also for our viewers, these these PPs, 
literally just came out what two hours ago, guys. So, yeah. Um, I did my homework. I, I mean, I two hours is all I need really. I watch a lot of replays. I feel comfortable. I know Pete probably feels comfortable. Paul maybe not as much because again he was at a um, he had a meeting. So again, uh, just ignore Paul. Ignore Paul's yeah, face completely. That's what I'd do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, Paul, just out of fairness, to everyone, you probably don't have. These opinions aren't as strong, or you weren't able to look as deep. Yeah, no, I, I had about forty. It, yeah, no, I, I say clearly, I had about forty-five minutes. I got back to the house about uh, okay. eight eight fifteen Eastern time, so I did the best I could in forty-five minutes. Okay. By the way, shout out to Jim. Um, uh, <laughs> hey wow. Jim, if they if they if they bring us the if they bring us the money that they're spending over there, I think me and Paul will be out if they start throwing that kind of the millions around like they're spending. All right, so um, now these numbers are correct. I'm assuming you guys were looked at the Equibase to make sure, like, there weren't any, like, entries or whatever. So They don't the have entries in not... California. Okay, so the only thing you're not going to see at home, guys, um, is the morning lines. We don't have morning lines yet, which actually, uh, Pete, you've mentioned you sort of like that even better. I do only because then you don't, you know, you don't get swayed a bit by if a horse is long and then you get maybe scared off of them. Or if they're too short, you, you like a horse maybe because of the odds as opposed to what their form says. So I, I like to I like to handicap and then see how the odds come out. And then, I mean, you're a little pissed sometimes if you pick, you know, like you do your top three and they're the top three favorites, then you get a little upset. But it, I think it makes it for a more balanced handicapping. All right, Pete, you're going with the speed of the speed. I like this angle. Um, I'm actually very interested in the source, and I, I, we should play the guessing game a little bit. I mean, we don't want to take too much time, Pete, but we should just guess what our top choice, at least, is going to be in the morning line. I don't want to steal your thunder. Any guess as to what hot box will be morning line, Pete? I mean, I have to, I have to imagine relatively low. I'm thinking, I mean, I don't think anybody in this field is going to be too low. I'm thinking the favorite wouldn't be any lower than like five to two, but I think this one probably like three to one ish, three to one. Oh wow, seven to two. I, I would or you think shocked. lower? I would be shocked, Pete. I'd say about six to one. Oh, you think that high? Okay. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, mean I'd love that. The numbers are a little bit slower, but go ahead. Go they ahead. are. They are. But what do you like you know, about I, the store stuff, Pete? A couple things. So I liked. I, I like that it's moving back. It's sort of moving back up off the win. And you know, one thing I, I'm a broken record on here. One thing I always like is a horse coming back, especially two to three and three to four. This one came back with a lifetime buyer top first time off after a pretty long layoff. And then it's laying off again for, I forget the amount of days, but a couple months. And I like that this one is one each time off a layoff. So if you look back December of 20, it's got a win two back. It's got a win last time it's got a win. So this one runs well off the, off the shelf. It's one for one at Del Mar, two for two at the distance, three for four on the turf. Um, the trainer corner, he's, he's so, so off this kind of layoff, but I, I, again, I like that this horse specifically is, looks to be pretty good off the layoff. And then, like you said, the weird thing about the speed in this one, if you look at the time form, the seven, eight, and nine are the top three time form early paces. So, those Stop three, it. it's going to really, we should really mention names. Oh, here. sorry. And yeah. Guys, sorry. If you can, if you can help me with that, because I, yeah, I can't look apologies. at, I can't look at the Equibase and the PPs at the same time. So no, I actually have me, the numbers. Yeah. I have, you can help numbers. me throughout the show tonight with names as well as numbers, but I believe the seven is Cotopaxi and Cotopaxi hot box. And yes, he and can is actually the, three, the top. Yeah. So that's yeah, the, the top three outside horses look like the speed. 
So that's interesting because they're going to, if they all gun, then it's going to see, well, can someone clear? Is someone going to get sort of hung? So I was interested in this one again. I just think this one has the speed. This one likes the track. It likes the distance. And again, I like the improvement from three to four. So again, you talked about the figures being a little light, but if this one takes another step forward, second time off the layoff, then, or second time off coming back off a long layoff, then I think it puts it right up there with the others. And by the way, let let me put everyone back on screen. We we fully realize, ladies and gentlemen, that you probably, when I say you, I'm talking about the live viewers tonight. Of course, if you're viewing this later on the next few days, or if you're going to be listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor, you've probably already done some handicapping. But those of you who are watching live, we'd have to assume you haven't looked at the PPs yet at all. So take some notes if you're watching live. Get that pad of, of paper out and pencil, a pen, or a highlighter, or a marker, whatever you like to use. And take some notes because this is literally um, hot off the presses. No pun intended with uh, Hotbox. Your second choice, Pete, and then we'll get to Paul's first choice is, by the way, let me just mention about Hotbox. Um, Emily Ellingwood is very capable. But I don't know how you feel, Pete. I sort of like, I mean, all she has to do is just go. I mean, she's not a top rider, but there's not a lot of thinking here. I mean, just break and, and gun and just try to wire the field, right? So when you have yeah. a jockey that has a little bit lower percentage numbers or maybe not as talented as some others. I think a five furlong service sprint, frankly, is perfect. You just tell her I was just going to say that. and just try to wipe, right? <laughs> yeah, don't don't fool around too much. Yeah, yeah. In, in a route race, you maybe have some more thinking to do. And this one, exactly. just go. You have some good speed. Um, I'm a little now. Maybe this is maybe this is a, a my racehorse play here, Pete, for you. But I was a little surprised. I didn't think anyone else would have this horse necessarily in the top three because of the long layoff. But what does he like about Lane Way for a second here? I've got this horse second also. Well, I, I mean, it's got it's obviously has good figures in it. I mean, it, I mean, that 89 last time with the win was really good. I like that this there's so much speed in here again, potentially. So if the seven, eight, nine, if Cotopaxi hotbox and yes, he can do all break well and do all gun it out, then you have the potential for a pretty hot pace up front. This one is shown in the past, a really excellent, you know, really excellent closing kick. Um, I assume this one will take money again, just from the, my racehorse angle. But the only thing I, you know, this one, it had its best races when, when Pratt was on no surprise by that, but what I like, it picks up Reese Belize. So it's not like a huge, huge drop off. Um, it was running well in solid company last year. So again, if the layoff is the only problem, but if you look, it's been, I mean, you look at the work two back was was really nice you look at the work three back there's just been some really solid consistent works coming so it looks like this one is is at least in shape mandela had some solid numbers off this type of layoff so it looks like he can get them ready the horse has a win over the track i like that the last race which was his his best race did come at the cutback to six on yeah. turf so it was the first cutback on turf it had yeah. sprinted on dirt so i kind of like that so again this is just one as long as it comes back i think it's got a good shot i'm a little concerned this this distance is too short we'll see but yeah you know he he's out of a a really really good mare um alda baron um so who was a sprinter so maybe that's all maybe this is what this horse wants to do i'm listening it's five furlongs off a of layoff so I mean, it, it, I'm not worried about really the layoff, but uh, I think this horse is going to need a lot of things to go his way, frankly, to win. But I still think he is probably the best closer in the race. I mean, I like that's what I liked. I like having the best closer in a race with a ton of yeah. speed. So, again, I, I want to have someone who's a part of that speed, but I also want to have someone who's going to come off the pace. Paul, you got a closer that uh, that has more recency, Phil D'Amato. 
is already 18% at the meet at, at Del Mar, has four wins. And Vasquez already has three wins. Uh, freshly gelded horse, Coulthard. Yes, yes. Um, and I did pay, you know, I did take note of the fact that this, those you guys mentioned, this three-speed horses all next to each other, all on the far outside, which, you know, at five furlongs is not necessarily – uh, the ideal spot to be if 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 they all go together, um, you know the the five has to jump up. But you know Damato is on fire. Vasquez had a good first weekend. I think this horse is going to close. I do think it's going to be a, a a quick pace. Um, you know he's got he's got an eighty seven in his buyers. It's probably going to take a low nineties to win this. So you know he he's he's in the ballpark. Um, so, I mean, as I say, I, I don't love him, but I tell you, I'm five deep. I did send you a pick five, Howard. I'm five deep in this race. So I, okay. I really think I, I think you need coverage in this race to start. Hey, Paul, heard- that was – oh, sorry, Howard. I was just going to say that was my next horse. That was my – if I – on the pick five, I didn't use it, but that was my fourth one. D'Amato. D'Amato, yeah, D'Amato had a, he was 33% wins and 59% in the money off like a 90 to 120 day layoff. And I, I think this one, I love first time geldings. So if this one does improve because of the gelding and the fact that D'Amato is good off this sort of layoff, then I think it does show potential to take that step up. And, yeah, guys, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I've got seven horses in my ABC, not, yeah, not, not in the, not in the pick five you're going to see on the show tonight, but in my ABC Paul, really quickly, um, I don't want to spend too much time on this particular yep. race. Any, any thoughts on Whooping Jay you have in second here? I, I have him as a horse for course. You know, horses who run well at Del Mar tend to, yeah, to keep running well at Del Mar. Uh, four out of five in the exacta. You know, again, has has buyers that are in the high 80s. You, you can find a 90. His career best buyer came on this course uh, last year. Yep. Uh, he has some stakes experience. He is a Calbred, but, you know, I will warn people about this, Howard. If they're going to look at the form and see Bill Spar is 0 for 12 off the claim right now, there was a time when Bill Spar was the best claiming trainer in California, yes. bar yeah. none, bar none. And as far as this being a Calbred, Square Eddie is one of the top sires of Calbred. So if 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 you're looking for a Calbred to step up into open company, this could be your guy. By the way, I don't have this horse anywhere, but I'm ashamed because there's one angle why I absolutely – actually, I have Whooping Jay as a C. You mentioned this race here uh, where he got the 90. Do you know, do you know anything about that, that day, August 20th last year? <laughs> Guys, that was my 50th birthday. So I should <laughs> absolutely bet Whooping Jay. If I don't put Whooping Jay on my ticket, I'm going to be embarrassed. August 20th, 19 19- – uh, 2021 was my 50th birthday. So, so you, um, so you both peaked on that day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, actually whooping Jay sort of looks like he did, but, uh, yeah. maybe he can get back to that form. Um, I'm going to talk about the six and I'm going to move on to the next race guys. The six is my top pick commander. Um, and by the way, very soft pick. I do not have a strong opinion. You guys know how much I love turf sprints. This one in particular seems very difficult to me. Paul, you got this horse in third. And Pete has this horse absolutely nowhere. That's how difficult this race is. I'll be very brief. Uh, Sort of that horse for course angle. This horse is four for six in the money on this Del Mar turf. I've mentioned a few times I'm not a big fan of horses that are in for the tag, but 80,000 is a pretty high tag. 
What I like about this horse is getting back to Peter Miller. Look what Peter Miller did with this horse, going five furlongs at Del Mar. Absolutely awesome. Peter Miller knows how to train this horse. It's not as if he was in really that bad form lately, although he did tail off at his last two. I just don't think six and a half down the hill is what this horse wants. He's been freshened up. He's got good works. He's got Juan Hernandez, and he's back in the hands of Pete Miller. And, guys, I think this horse might be 7-8 to 1 morning line. So, yeah, the, the, uh, I agree with you. The note I had on this was just the if you look back at the races with Miller, they definitely fit and are even better than than many in this field. That was the exact note that I had. Yeah, this is a wide-open race. Before we move on to the next race, Pete, I'm going to let you answer this question because I know you have uh, horses with my racehorse. I was just going to bring this up. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to bring that comment great, up. Great question. Do you prefer – uh, to maybe avoid the my race. Well, of course, now you own uh, you have a piece of some of these horses, small piece, whatever it is. It doesn't really matter. The point is these horses are over bet. Does that have any effect on you using these horses horizontally or vertically for that matter? I mean, I don't, I, I handicap them exactly the same way I would any other horse. I mean, if I like the horse, I'm not going to not put it in because it gets bet down. If I think it's, especially in a horizontal, I don't want, I don't like throwing horses out of horizontals that, that I actually think have a really good shot to win, but there are races outside of horizontals where I'll just look and go, I've seen this horse. I've seen, it might be one that I even have a piece of just so you, then you see the workouts, you see everything leading up to the race and you go, man, this horse is four to five and really should be about six or seven to one or whatever the the case may be. In that case is I sometimes look to go against them because it is just sort of dead money in a lot of cases. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, case it's case by case, Patrick. But that's a good question, Paul. Who do you have in race eight, sir? Race eight, Howard. I have nine five eight. Okay, I'm just getting that up on the screen for the banner. There, you see. All right, there we go. Seriously, uh, Paul, we have three you... completely different horses again. Wow, what Pete and Paul? I thought you guys were like. We used to be, in, you know, I thought you guys were at Sapatico. What's going on tonight? I think ever since I hosted last week, I, now he wants to go against me. See, I think I, he's, I it's guess, revenge. That's what I must I be. I do not. I By do the not way, have these reactions picks. are real, folks. Pete and Paul have no idea what each other's picks are. And frankly, I didn't see their, I don't usually see their picks too very quickly before the show. And uh, I don't look at their picks to make my own picks, although I'm always very interested to see what they do. Uh, let's talk about the, the, Bing Pro, uh, the Bing Crosby. Wow. Uh, there are two stake races. This is a grade one. Grade one, it's always a really nice race. I think it's a win in their end. I apologize for not knowing. I should know, but I think this is a win in their end for the Breeders' Cup Sprint. It's, of course, six furlongs on the dirt. It's a nice field of 10 with a lot of interesting sort of fresh faces in this division, as you see there, let's go ahead and switch to the uh, PPs here. Uh, Paul, you're going to the uh, one of the outside horses who just, I believe, won, if I remember correctly. Yes, you're going with American Theorem, right? Who just won the Triple Bend uh, last time at San Nita. We're going to go ahead and show that race. There's three horses coming out of that race that are in the race on Saturday. Prince, uh, uh, you got the Principe horse. You've got um, American theorem and also get her as I think get her number. I think, is that right? Yeah. Get yep. her number, even though it's a boy. Um, so let's go ahead and watch that race. And as we watch this race, Paul, you can talk also, you can sort of multitask. You can talk about why you like American theorem. And if you want to talk about the race that we're going to watch, obviously feel free to do that. Also, this was a six horse field. And it was interesting because these were all prices on the day. American theorems, the three, 
Principe Carlos, the five, getter numbers of one. So watch the one, three, and five. I'm going to go ahead and move into the race a little bit. Uh, go ahead, Paul. Talk about the uh, American um, theorem that you like, three. Yeah, well, you could see the American theorem is sitting off this pace, uh, which I don't see the fractions. That, well, I can look at the fractions. 21 and four, which for seven furlongs is decent. You know, California, they they move they move a little quicker out there. But, uh, you know, getting a good rail trip here uh, with Joe Bravo, who returns, who who is riding well. He also picked up four wins last weekend, including including the last race of Sunday, Howard, when I was alive to three big pick threes. And Joe Bravo went wire to wire and I did not have a sniff of him. So uh, Bravo with a classic ride, you know, save the ground early, then swing some ride. And you're going to see a, you know, pretty competitive stretch drive here for, for two 13 to one shots. Uh, they are head and head all the way to the wire, and American Theorem just gets in front. I've, I've kind of always thought this horse was pretty good. Um, you know, that's a great two race. That that's, I think if I think he runs that race, he wins this race. To be very honest with you, a um, little well, bit of a layoff. The, the inside horse is Prince Big Carlo, who is I don't know the number. I apologize. Five, five. Okay, the five is the five on Saturday, and then the one. This is get her number. That's you the see ten. Those Gary the Barber ten. silks, who yeah. is the ten. So again, all three of these horses are coming uh, back. What else did you like about this horse, Paul, other than this win? Well, you know, I like the win. Like I say, you know, the horse has got some back. You know, he hasn't. You know, didn't do a whole lot uh, around two turns. I think the horse is better around one turn, which is what he's going to get on Saturday. You know, they. They tried him in, in the big boys, the Santa Anita Handicap, the San Pasquale. But, you know, they, they went to Turfway and ran in the synthetic. I don't know what the hell that was all about. But uh, if you look at the uh, sprints, he wins at five and a half. He runs second at seven furlongs. He's off the board at six and a half. He runs second at six furlongs, and he wins at seven. So clearly I think he's a better one-turn horse, and that's one of the reasons why I put him on top. Um, a Roth, thank you, A Roth, and thanks for joining the show tonight. Just uh, confirming it is a win, and you're in. How about Alex Condiff? Alex Principe Carlo in a gallop. Wow, wow. I got Alex, a I love you, Alex. I love people taking a stand, even though I completely disagree with you on many levels. But that's okay. Uh, good luck, Alex, um, uh, with your pick there. Um, let's see, uh, Paul. You've got the five in second again. I apologize. We don't have yep. numbers out here, guys. So the five is Prince of Bay Carlo, so good Basically, Paul, it's fair to say you like you like that last race. You like a lot of things about yeah. that last race that we just watched. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, That's fair. Pete, Pete is just being a rebel, Paul. He's like, screw you, Paul. I'm just going with three horses you don't even have at all. Uh, <laughs> Pete is going with the one. Desmond Doss. Oh, by the way, Paul, we didn't play the game. American Theorem's morning line. What's your guess? I would say American Theorem in this race is going to be about seven to one. Wow, I actually thought she might be a little bit less, but I'll, I'll Maybe, say five to six. One. I'll say yeah, five to one. But yeah, you probably that could, could be. be. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pete Desmond Doss, what's the morning line on this going to be? <laughs> I'm thinking a little bit up there. I'm hoping. I'm oh. Hoping... I, I... Double digits, gotta be. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. I was gonna say maybe. To, I'll say fifteen to one. I was that's gonna say guess. ten, but I'll take I'll I'll take fifteen. So the one thing I liked about a couple of things I like about this one, yeah, the 
the figures need to jump, especially if you compare it to the American Theorem race. But that was a little bit of an outlier where that one sort of jumped way up. But I like that this one just came. It, it, some this doesn't usually happen, but it came back a little bit better. It's actually starting to it reverted back to some old form, and it came back at six and is running really well in a couple of in, in a couple you know stakes races. So it's not too bad. I like that Miade four out of eight wins, seven out of eight in the money and graded stakes and. um if you look at this one, the form is a little muddied up, but on fast dirt, this one's seven out of eight with five wins, this horse. So he's seven out of eight there. But if you look on turf, two out of 11, only three out of 11 in the yeah. money. So it yeah. sort of muddies the form up. So I think if you just erased all the turf races on here, okay. you would see a pretty nice form. Now, again, I do think this one needs to step up, but at yeah. a price in a field that I think is, I don't think there's anybody who's, there's any there's not anyone in here who's a guaranteed to run their best race. They all sort of they, they Oh, I got one. I got one, Pete. Okay, you go ahead. <laughs> but I mean, I'm assuming it's still not guaranteed to run the best race. No guaranteed. one in here is ultra consistent. So I've got a horse that's guaranteed. <laughs> so I'm gonna take a price and I'm gonna I mean, this all is right. one where I'm going at least four deep in the pick five. So I think it's wide open, but I like that up. This one I think is potentially gonna be a price. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, you make some excellent points. He definitely has to step up. I mean, those were calibrated races, and he looks a little bit slow. But you're yeah, right. His, yeah. his form is dirtied up, and there's nothing wrong with getting Giroux, who's coming out west for this big day at Del Mar. And then you oh, got he's shot. riding, Howard. He, he's riding there this meet. Oh, that's right. I'm so sorry, Paul. I've been a little bit out of sorts. I don't know if you heard. I was on vacation, guys. Howard, uh, you know, last weekend, Giroux rode at Del Mar Friday, Monmouth Saturday, and Del Mar Sunday. I, you know what? I know that because I was watching Del Mar Sunday and they were talking to him. I mean, this what these guys, uh, that's a whole other show, but it's I don't incredible. think people give these guys enough credit. It's absolutely unbelievable. Sorry, you're absolutely right. Drew is out west uh, this entire meet. What does he like about Shaz? I think it's Shaz, actually, or Shaz, who you've got second, Pete. My Shaz, guys, I, by the way. Yeah, I think this this horse, he he's going to be, he should be able to work out a pretty solid a pretty solid stalking trip. He's back under Baffert. He's back under Baffert, which is which is never a bad thing, whether you whether you like it or not. The, I like the fact that he ran that 105 at, at six and a half. So it's sort of cutting back to to a sprint. So I think this one, especially because there is again, there's speed in here, at least on paper, there's some speed. So if he can sit off just a bit, get a nice trip get a nice ride. If Baffert is bringing this horse back and you could see by the works, I mean, the works have been solid. I mean, nothing spectacular, but I think the works show that this horse is, is ready to go. Then I think it's just going to be sitting on potentially a monster. I mean, it's a $1.1 million purchase. It's under Baffert. Again, it's, it's the kind of horse that should, and probably you'll take a bunch of money too. And I think should run, should be able to run his race, especially if we do get some of that speed up front. All right, guys. So here's my guarantee, strong opinion. Um, by the way, in case you're wondering, like, Howard, how did you do at Saratoga? So Thursday and Friday, I did okay. I know people in my party, uh, one particular person was unbelievable, had an unbelievable day and was off the charts. Saturday for me was a complete disaster until the last race when I gave out a horse called Fancy Feline, who was the sixth horse in the last race Saturday at Saratoga. I gave him out on the um, show with Seth Merrow. And I told everyone to key this horse. You know what I'm talking about, Pete, my favorite vertical play to back mm -hmm. wheel underneath in second and third, the horse finished a good third, 11 to one and let her inspire you who I think was six to five or four to five won the race with a 35 to one shot in second. And the try for Dallop paid five thirty-five 
and you could have played my try for like 12, 10 or 12 bucks. Again, just by backwheeling or just keying a horse in third, which in this case was fancy feline. So that was excellent for me. But frankly, Saturday for me was a complete disaster. Here's my strong opinion. Um, first of all, you guys should be embarrassed about something. I'm going to tell you why in a second. These guys I know to bust. I know these guys know I like to bust some balls, just of course for fun. The fact that neither one of you have drained the clock in your top three is embarrassing. I, I don't you know why you guys them. think. I don't you know. I don't know them. why you guys. And Al, Alex, so let's see. A Roth, A Roth, if you're out there right now, I A Roth, I I don't know about a cinch, but I think drain the clock and run a big race. So A Roth, I indirectly agree with you. You'll have to convince my wonderful co-hosts apparently we see something that that they don't or or vice versa but let me talk about shaz um guys pete and paul do you know you see the you see the workouts at the bottom shaz is working out like an absolute train do you know who he's been working with in the morning and what's take mm-hmm. you want to take a guess for baffert another another horse that is running in this pick five da, 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 country da, grammar da, da. bam Exactly right. And Pete, I watched all three of those workouts, the, the, the entire workout on XBTV. You can watch for yourself if you get XBTV. Pete, I'm telling you, and Paul, no doubt, no question, Shaz was completely outworking country grammar. And now I know the times are the same, but country grammar is like being asked. The jockey was flagging him, blah, blah, blah. Now, you can say, well, Shaz is in a sprint race, and country grammar is like more of a long-winded type. And maybe he's not good at the workhorse. That is all very possible. I don't know the intricacies of the workouts of Shaz and country grammar. All I can tell the viewers out there is Shaz was completely outworking in hand while country grammar is like being asked to keep up with this horse. I think this horse is an absolute monster. I think he's going to get a good trip. I don't mind the six furlongs. I think if Shaz gets the right trip, he is going to be very tough to beat. I would almost be tempted to single this horse because there's a lot of ways you can go in this race. I think Shaz has a huge future. I love this horse on Saturday. I think he's going to be five to two more in line. No, no. Oh, he's not going to go off at five to two. I'm sorry. He's not going off at five to two. Well, what do you think is going to be more in line, Paul? Uh, This this is a Baffert. This is a Baffert with huge yeah. numbers who's two, in the yeah, money. In two, to, two to one morning line goes off at eight to five. Oh, oh, I thought you were sort yeah, of Yeah, I agree. Oh, even less. No, I okay. was going to say, yeah. I mean, I think drain okay. the clock and drain the clock will take money because yeah. of who he's run against. Well, but. Drain the clock is, let me go full screen now. Drain the clock is my is my second choice. Um, he's got some huge back numbers. Last time at Gulfstream in the Smile Sprint was a bit disappointing. I think it's the speed of the speed. I think Drayden's just going to send like a banshee. Um, and, and I think this horse has a chance to wire the field. I will admit he's been a bit inconsistent. And I don't like the ship all the way across the country. And he's never worked over Del Mar. So there are some negatives. To me, this is like an all or nothing type. You guys have the nothing part. I was just giving yeah. you some crap. I totally get it. Like Drain the clock could run out of the money easily. But I also think he can win. So this is a fascinating horse. I've got him second. I've got your American um, uh, uh, theorem in third, Paul, but I don't have a real strong opinion other than I I like Shaz a lot uh, in this race. Howard, I I think saying – Final thoughts for you guys. Yeah, I think saying that Drain the Clock's last race was a little disappointing would be like saying the Titanic was a minor marine (laughs) mishap. Well, he – you know (laughs) – 
he didn't break great. I, I didn't show the PPs there. Four it to five. I, if you bet this horse at four to five last time, you don't no. think he was disappointing. You would think he was awful. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't bet the race, but I'm just. No, you know, it was off. He was coming from Maidan. His head was right. turned. Blah blah blah. Anyway, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, any final thoughts, Pete, on this race before we move on? No, I think it's. I'm, I'm hoping that it, it. I'm hoping to drain the. I'm, I'm with you on Shaz. I think Shaz is probably the best horse and will probably be the best horse long term out of this race. So, if I was to single a horse, I think I'd go with you on that anyway. Uh, Jim brings up a good point. Although Safi did win a race. In New York, Saratoga. I think was it at he Saratoga? Did. Was it last week, Paul? When yeah, I was last there, week was he won. Week. I think it was the stakes too. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but uh, Jim is right, and, and Jim in principle is right. Yeah. All right, let's go on to the next race, guys. Be very interesting. Let's go on to race nine here as I go ahead and do my old switcheroo, and I'm going to go first, guys, just to all move some things along here. Uh, and I think we're ready to go. Yeah, let's go full screen. Race nine is optional allowance, $40,000 is an N1X. Um, the optional price, again, is 40000 This is going to be on the turf. They're going one mile. You see the uh, field there. It's a big field of 12 in this race. Again, we don't have mooring lines yet. Let me go ahead and switch. You guys can see our picks at the bottom of the screen. No, Another you race didn't take... that I thought was How very you didn't tough. Get my... My late breaking picks yes. you did not Yes, get. Paul, go ahead. Uh, again, I'm way off with you guys. I have 312-1. And up, oh, you and Paul, you and uh, Pete have one one horse the same. Uh, we're getting there, we're, we're getting We're getting closer. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with, and I, I, know, I know the name, so Midnight Joe Star on top. Um, we, we need to watch a replay, guys. Um, before we watch this replay, Midnight, the replay we're going to watch was the Shadow Sphinx. Now, Shadow Sphinx is a very nice horse, although it was absolutely awful. And I know because I, I used him in a pick five. I don't know I don't know why he didn't show his speed. That's a whole other story. Anyway, Shadow Sphinx is a very uh, nice horse. You see the PPs there. That's the horse that uh, these guys lost to in this replay. What I want to point out, watch the three and nine in this race. Midnight Joestar and one fast pro. I thought... Midnight Joe Star ran a huge race here. You see, he's right here. We're not going to watch the whole race, but watch the key parts here again. Here's one fast bro, the three. Here's Midnight Joe Star. What you're going to see is on the first turn, look how wide. I mean, the nine is as wide as wide can be. And uh, meanwhile, one fast bro is saving. Look at this. I mean, this is a lot of ground that Midnight Joe Star on the outside. And now we go to the turn. And let me go to the tur- okay. So here's Midnight Josar again, three four wide, while one fast bro is saving ground. Now, those of you that like one fast bro are going to say Howard he had a lot of trouble. I'm going to disagree. He saved ground the whole way. Again, Midnight Josar is wide. You say maybe he didn't have room. Okay, he had to wait a little bit in here, but he did angle out. I mean, I don't consider that a lot of trouble at all. Frankly, now you could say maybe he gets pinched. I, mean, I don't think so. I mean, I don't really see the trouble with one pass bro at all. Meanwhile, Midnight Josar was four or five wide the entire way and still beat him. I think this is very misleading, guys. I thought Midnight Joestar is, I don't know, three, four lengths the best compared to one pass bro, in my humble opinion. I thought Midnight Joestar, guys, ran a huge race there. I don't think he's going to be as wide today, even though he's got a wide post. I think there's more speed. I think he's the best closer. This is my top choice. 
I'll just mention the horse I've got for second here is Goliad. There's not a lot of speed in this race. I'm assuming that Juan Hernandez is just going to send Goliad hard, and maybe the speed holds. This, this horse has been a bit disappointing in his career, but I think he's the speed of the speed. I've got Goliad second. I have one fast bro in third. Pete, you also agree with my Midnight Joe Star pick. Yeah, the only concern, uh, it's pretty much everything you said, so I don't want to repeat everything. The only concern I had, this the horse doesn't, he doesn't like to win that much, three for 20 no. and 0 for 6 at the distance. And I, yeah. my fear with that was that it's a little bit shorter and, you know, he's he's won some races going a little bit longer. But I think you said Goliad is the, is the top speed and could be the speed of the speed. My hope, there is some other speed potentially in here. There my is. hope would be that we... That we get nerves that of, and we get a little steel. bit. Sorry, Nerves of Steel's got some speed. The horse race was outside explosive. He's got some speed. I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't overly enamored with this field. No, uh, me neither. So even though, even though you're absolutely right, I mean, the Midnight Joe Star is not my kind of horse. He might be my kind of horse in this race on this day. And I know think, he's my kind. I, know, I, I love the closers. <laughs> I'll say, uh, I'll say three to one, morning line. I'll say three to one, maybe seven to two. Um, I, could, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, Pete, let's mention one of your horses. Then we'll go to Paul. You've got the five and second. Would that be uh, that would be Colinga uh, Road. Colinga Road, however Road. you however Kyle you pronounce Gaines. it. Maybe some dirty up form again. Well, and, and that's the yeah, this is the, he's another one who yeah. he bounces between, you know, he sprints, he goes a mile, he goes on the turf, he goes on the dirt. So again, the the form could be a little dirty. I didn't get too creative here. I like the two for two the two for two wins at Del Mar. I like the, the fact that the, the buyers have been pretty steady on the turf. I do like the routing. This one does come from off the pace a bit. I mean, it doesn't have like a huge late kick, maybe like the 10 does, but I think this one will be sitting off. And again, if there is some speed, this one can sit off and maybe the hope is that extra distance will help. And it has gone a mile. So it's not like it's stretching out for the first time. It hasn't stretched out on turf, but at least it's gone a mile before. So it isn't doing something completely out of the realm of, of its capability. So nothing too creative here. That's just why I sort of like this one in a soft field. Pete's a big fan of the Calbreds on Saturday, it looks like. So if, if you're a Calbred fan, uh, they could have a big day. By the way, shout out to Bittersweet, who I just put a comment. And I'm not sure I've seen Bittersweet on the show before as a comment, but if we have Bittersweet, welcome to the show. And they both mentioned that Damato and Rispoli on the 10 are a real nice combination uh, to use there. So they sort of agree with us there. By um, the way, Paul, real, you... real, oh, sorry, real quick, Howard, if, if um, Hotbox, who – Colinga Road lost two two back. If Hot Hotbox is who I picked in the seventh as well, yeah. So if Hotbox runs well in the seventh, maybe that flatters that race even a little bit more. So just something to think about if you're if you're watching them. So if Hotbox comes back and runs well, maybe that race is flattered a bit. Uh, Paul, you like one fast bro. Um, certainly looks like to get a, a good trip. And and if you think that that trip was, you know, may, maybe some people think that was a difficult trip. Again, it's it's up to the eye of the beholder. Uh, but you like one fast bro on top. Yeah, I do. Um, Korea best number in that race, 91, you know, yeah. at, at a minimum, did, did it wasn't an, we can agree it wasn't an ideal trip. You know, I, I see what you're saying about the 10, but I think the 10 is much more pace dependent than a horse like the three. Totally uh, agree. I think, I think the 10 post going a mile on turf here is not ideal, but, Yep. Now I'm going to talk about the 12 next. So you'll say <laughs> this guy's out of his mind, but 
no, obviously I would say that the way the 10 runs, the post probably has a little, uh, yeah, it's probably less of a factor, but I think you're right, Howard. I think you mentioned that there, there does not appear to be much speed here, which is why I came up with the three thinking the yeah. three could be more tactical. And yeah. I think, and I could be completely wrong. And this, you might even call this a hunch. I think Sadio is a dead send with this 12 horse. Now he's only run on turf twice. He's coming over from Europe. No one's ever heard of the trainer, but you look at the trainer's numbers. First time coming over first time, uh, this trainer first time with having a horse, uh, first blinkers. Uh, there's a lot of karma going on here. Blinkers on lace first time Lasix, which is a huge factor. <laughs> Um, I think this horse is a dead send and maybe could even steal it. I could be wow a hundred percent wrong, but if I'm right, I'm gonna get paid. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have not admittedly watched these replays from uh Wolverhampton, <laughs> these on Lingfield, yeah. these are which are synthetic services. I do know that in general, speed does not hold real well on those types of tracks, so I mean, I, I do know that, uh, uh for sure. Um, yeah. But, um, I did have some. To, so, hey, Paul, to that, Badia had a 35% wins and 66% in the money with foreign shippers. So, again, you don't know if the horse is good, but I like the fact that, that it's he's at least done that before yeah. where he's brought over shippers from foreign. I, I mean, that, that just shows to me. Yeah. At least, and it wasn't a small sample size either, if I remember the numbers. So it was it was in the 30s. So it was something that he's at least done relatively frequently. So I did yeah. like that and, as well. You know, as Howard said, you know, this is not a grade one race. You know, this is an optional oh. claiming yeah. 40,000 non-winners of one other van. So, yeah. you know, you, you, you can't think those races in England could have been much worse than this, right? And and Paul, as, as a wordsmith, are you a fan of llamas? Uh, I know no. the spelling is wrong. I went. I went to school. Llama <laughs> no. has two L's, but I just I want to a, make a joke. Was, I was <laughs> a fan of. I was a fan of not a cat, but a llama. Pretty good horse that ran in New York. <laughs> very, very, very good horse. Nice um, Paul guy asked the question before we move on to the next race. Morning line guess on one fast bro. One fast bro, I would say, is probably going to be close to where he was five to one last time, ran a pretty good third. I, I would say nine to two. Yeah, I think that's about right. And you know what, Paul? This is what I love about both you guys because you bring excellent pin. You're absolutely right about both points. Is more tactical, has a better post than the 10. I, by the way, I, I don't. I do have one fast bro as of right now as an A. I have three A's. I know I'm sort of poo-pooing one fast bro. But um, I, I think he can win. I mean, right, he guys, doesn't. He doesn't. I was just saying he doesn't win a lot, but his two win wins were at. But his two like, wins hey, were at Del Mar, though. So at least that, that's one. If you look at the page, he doesn't necessarily win, but he wins. I think he was two out of six at Del Mar, which is it's better than the rest of his record. All right, let, let's move on to the to the big one. Or even though this is, I shouldn't say the big one because this is only grade two. But I don't know how you guys feel. This feels like the big one to me based on the names uh, in this race. Um, let me see here. Uh, P uh, Paul, who do you have in race 10? Let me switch. That I have first. one, three, nine. One, three, nine. Interesting. Hey, you ready to see Pete's picks? <laughs> Will Pete have any of those in his top three? I got one. Only one. I got one. All right. The San Diego guys. And I'm going to put us on screen real quick here. Cause I think we, this needs emphasis. Uh, this is the best rendition of the San Diego I have ever seen. 
And it's weird because this is a prep for the Pacific Classic, which, of course, Flightline is going to. I, I'm assuming, and I'd like to get your opinion first before we talk about this race. I'm going to assume a lot of these horses are going to go to the Pacific Classic. But is it possible that some of these horses are not and they're trying to get the money now instead of a month from now? Peter, Paul, any thoughts on that? This is a sort of a well, weird scenario. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be knocking themselves over at the entry box to run against Flightline. Okay, <laughs> I would agree with that, Howard. I, I, and the, you know, they did talk at one point about maybe running Flightline here himself as a prep for the uh, right. For but the second, Pacific second class. place, second place in a million dollar Pacific class is a million, right? If I'm remembering correctly, second place yeah, in a million Pete. isn't. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a bad it's not a bad payday. So I would take that. You Especially if you'd have to work too hard to chase flight line, just sort of trot, you know, just sort of trot behind him. He's going to get away and run away anyway. Sorry, yeah, my, Howard. My take, uh, no, I'm sorry. My my take, and I could be wrong, is that it's not really flight line they want to avoid. They want to avoid life is good in Olympia. They don't they don't want to go out east because a lot of these horses are sort of east coast horses. My guess is that the Pacific Classic field will be big, and it's sort of yes and yes, it will be big, and they are trying to get a lot of money in this race. So. Um, I don't know. It's it's very sort of interesting. Let's go ahead and back to the PPs, guys, or back to this race. It's a grade two, 300,000. They're only going a mile and 16th. Again, please note the distance. The Pacific Classic a month from now is a mile and a quarter. This is only a mile and a 16th, which for me, guys, means very, very much in this race. We'll talk about it in a minute. It's a big field of nine. This might be the deepest. You see the field there. And, Pete, we're going to go to you first. Um, again, sort of an open-ended question. This, to me, this is the deepest um, older handicap division race we've seen all year. I mean, this is deeper than the Stephen Foster. It's deeper than, I don't know, I mean, name a race. This is the deepest field I think we've seen of older horses all year long, in my humble opinion. Yeah, pretty much top to bottom. I think the only thing about this one that might not be great is there's I don't know how many, there's only a few that I think potentially are real true top-notch grade one potential horses like Breeders' Cup classic level horses. I think there's only a few of those, but I think yeah. the ones that are a step below that are still pretty good. So I think depth wise, you're probably right. I don't think there's really a, you know, there's a couple of horses that aren't that great, but I think there's not really a bad horse in the race. And some of these, you get some, you know, you either get a real short field or you get, you know, you get some garbage at the bottom end of it. Yep. Uh, you're going with country grammar. I'm guessing, well, go ahead. Morning line, country grammar, Paul. I mean, mean sorry. It's gotta be, I don't, I don't know. It's tough. Cause man, uh, there's some names in here and there's Baffert's and well, this is a Baffert obviously too, but I'm going to say nine to five, maybe I if not lower. Like, well, I think it could be like seven to five or something. Nah, that's what I was going to say. I think it could be lower. Dubai World Cup and finish yeah. the Saudi Cup. Uh, what does he like about country grammar here, uh, Pete? I mean, I, I mean, like I just think, I yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's not too complicated. I mean, I think it's just it, he's super in form. He's, you know, he's back under under Baffert's wing full time. He's he's just I mean, the, that race was great. The race in, in Dubai was great. The Saudi race was was pretty good. It was excellent. Yeah. And it's not like in 21, this horse wasn't awesome too i mean 108 106 buyers last times he ran in the u.s so this horse has always been good he's always been a little bit underrated actually i think because he i agree he, you know what i mean he didn't win the yeah. 
you know, he, he didn't do as well in the big three-year-old races, which are the ones that people remember the most. But I think now, I think he's he just doesn't run that often, but his form is just excellent. And he's hard to pass up. The mile and a 16th, like you said, though, might be a little short for him. I mean, I think he probably likes going a little bit longer. So, but we'll see. But I mean, on talent and form, I, I don't know how you can't have him in the top couple at least. Uh, and you've got, and, and like I mentioned the workouts, but again, that, that that might not be a negative. I mean, the horse is a long-winded sort who's coming off a long layoff. Yeah, I don't so. worry about that with a horse like this. He runs okay. it on the track, mostly. Uh, Pete, you've got a horse that I absolutely love in this race. Uh, number two, Defunded. The other Baffert. Yeah, yeah the other Baffert. And again... Yeah. How many times does the other actually win in so many cases? I just think this one, he's got, he's got speed. And you know, if you, anytime you can get a Baffert horse, that's potentially, because I mean, if you look, even if you look at time form, uh, stiletto boy is second, Parnelli is third. They're not going to be as fast as this horse with under Baffert's wing when he's, when he's ready to get a Probably speed not. horse going, this horse is going to be the speed of the speed it's a mile and a 16th. So I'm not too concerned about him holding, you know, last time he got caught by there goes Harvard, but that was at a mile and a quarter cutting back a little bit again, Baffert speed. Of the sp- I mean, I don't want to repeat myself speed of the speed. I just think this one, I would leave this one on because I hate getting beat by a Baffert on the front end in a big time graded race in California or any track in the, in the country, really. Uh, would you be using them both as A's Pete equally? Or are you just going to single country grammar on top as an A? No, I don't think I would single him. I mean, I, again, it depends on the odds. I don't, I don't really want to have the top three favorites as A's. So it depends on what the odds maybe look like, but I like having, if I'm on, I don't think country grammar because of the distance, potentially, I I think because it's a little shorter, I could see him potentially coming up short in this one. So I'd rather be defensive against that and having a horse on the top is good defense against having a closer at a little bit of a shorter distance that may not get there. Okay. Um, Paul, you've got Paul, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, where'd you go to college? Uh, not Harvard, <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to Harvard this time, baby. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I went to, I went to Holy cross, which is where the people who turned down Harvard go. Of course. The crusaders. <laughs> Crusaders, right? Crusade. Am I right about Correct. that? Correct. Very good. How about Howard. that? Very that that surprises you, doesn't it? Anyway, go no, ahead. No, because you're a – I read today that you're a pretty astute guy. Actually, Paul <laughs> – uh, oh, I, well, I, this this screen – actually, I'll leave it on this for a second. Nah, I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> digre- digression number three of the night. I had a very strange talent as a kid. I was a huge sports fan. You can ask any of my friends back in my, like, junior high and high school days. Name a Division One college. I could tell you the mascot, just like that. Oh, I'm with like you. The Let's go. Slugs from like Let's go. Let's have a, all the we'll crazy contest. Ones. I loved. I don't. I'm not as good now. I'm not as sharp as I used to be. But I used to love Division One college nicknames. That's how I know Holy Cross. But anyway, Paul, what do you like about uh, there goes Harvard? Well, look at it's it's a step up. Although you know he did win a Grade One last time. The the horse is obviously in form. He's won three in a row. Uh, you know, he's got to deal with Mandaloon. He's got to deal with Country Grandma. I get it. Uh, he's got a great post for this distance. Uh, he sat right off of uh, Defunded last time, and I, I think he'll do the same thing. Uh, I think both Mandaloon, especially Country Grandma, but maybe even Mandaloon a little bit, might prefer another 16th of a mile. So if you're going to beat them, this might be the distance to get them. I think this horse is going to be a big price. 
and I think he is, you know, coming off a grade one win with a career best buyer, he is going to be a price that doesn't correspond that those two st- with those two statistics. Uh, you know, morning line, uh, Pete, uh, Paul. I would say this horse morning line has got to be in this field. He's probably got to be at least eight to one, if not ten to one. Yeah, I was going to say ten to one. Uh, yeah, you definitely get a price. I don't know where that gold cup came from, but uh, listen, he's a, a you Mike know, McCarthy a, a, is good. Mike McCarthy yeah. is very good. Um, not a, not sure about the jockey switch from Irad to Herrera, but but yeah, that well, makes, <laughs> that I, I, I I Irad's going to ride eleven races probably at Saratoga on Saturday, <laughs> which makes it interesting. By the way, Johnny Velasquez, who probably could have ridden about eight yeah. races at Saratoga Saturday, is flying across the country to ride this horse. Yeah. So that, you know, hey, look, I'm banking on this horse. You know, they talk about the advantage of going overseas early and getting acclimated, which obviously this horse has been there went in February uh, with the two race series. You know, maybe it, that's more difficult to come back off of. You know, maybe I'm grasping at straws, but, the, you know, this horse is going to get bet pretty heavily. Uh, and, Again, I think if you're going to beat him, coming off, the, it is an X factor coming off the trip or all the workouts. You know, it's hard to say how it is. Baffert's horses all work bullets, don't they? It's, it's like you look it at the workouts. Way, yeah. You're like, well, this yeah. horse is really working well. Oh, wait a minute. It's a Baffert. It's another It's exactly. another bullet. Um, so, that you know, again, uh, uh, this is a – this race, Howard, is why I think you have to play ABCs because on the ticket that – you're going to put up that I sent you. I'm too deep just because I had to be narrow because I was five deep in a few other races. But, yeah. you know, I, I you you can't not use Mandaloon, for example. You know, can we tell Pete why he's wrong, Paul? Because the way I see with Mandaloon, like, isn't his like, isn't Mandaloon's like B plus race good enough to win here? It, it, yes, but he did not run his B plus race last time. He ran but he still got a 98. Race. I mean, by the buyers, if that's his C race, then he wins. This yeah, it's race maybe over. it's his C race. Yeah, no. I, I, by the way, I'm I, I'm a big, big Mandaloon fan, and you know, I agree. I've got in case, case you had noticed, Brad Cox is kind of on a roll, folks. Uh, so, um, that's what is that Cyber Fork, Cyber Oh, Cyber Knife. Yeah, Cyber Knife. Uh, yeah. How, how about how how about someone who? Had the horse in the Arkansas Derby and had the procedure and not having the horse. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. I, Although I, I did. As a matter of fact, I did have them in my horizontals. I did give out the winning pick four on only a $16, $16 ticket, which you could have played multiple times. That's right. Someone, did, was it Kyle also? Who else also? Both. Was it, yeah, was both. It Pete? No, Kyle and Paul both gave it up. Shout out to Kyle and Paul for both having the uh, pick four last but yeah, week. This, very... Yeah, this is a tough race. How you know, you're going to get maybe eight or nine to five on either yeah. Mandaloon or Country Grandma. And yeah. if you like one of them a lot, that's a good price. Yeah, um, here's my opinion. I have a pretty strong opinion in this race, guys. And I don't always have strong opinions. I think Defunded is going to wire this field. That's my strong opinion. I think he, I, I agree with Pete. And from the sense, this horse is absolutely sending. I think he's talented. He's a four-year-old. He's just coming into his own. He doesn't have to have the lead. Um, if it was any more than mile of 16th, I would not like this horse. I think this horse is going wire to wire. And I'm 
because of because country grammar is also in this race, I'm almost positive Cedillo is sending undefunded because I think country grammar needs a fast pace. My other strong opinion here is country grammar is not going to win Saturday, but I think he has a huge chance to upset flight line a month from now. I really think country grammar at a mile and a quarter can beat a flight line. If country grammar, I mean, there's no way this horse is cranked guys for this race. It's like, it would make no sense to me. And based on the workouts, it looks that way. I'm going to use country grammar very, very defensively. If he beats me, he beats me. Pete, I, I respect your pick. I totally get it. Maybe I'm, you know, being silly here, but there's just no way country grammar's me cranked up for this race. And it's only a mile of 16th. He definitely wants to go longer. He just smells like a horrible favorite in this race to me. That's just my opinion. I think Mandaloon's live. Uh, last thing before I go to last race, A-Roth, I, A-Roth and I are like simpatico. I think Tripoli's fascinating. I have Tripoli as a B, as in boy, because if Tripoli can come back to his races last year at Del Mar, this horse was unbelievable last year at Del Mar in the summer. Now, maybe Sadler can't get Tripoli back to that form, but I agree, A-Roth and a few other people there in the chat. I think Tripoli's interesting. I've got him as a B in case he can run back to that form. All right, guys, we're, we're getting uh, we're creeping up to 930. I definitely don't want to go past that. So let's just very quickly talk about the last race. I'm not going to show the um, Equibase. I thought this was a very difficult race, by the way. Uh, uh, Paul, who do you have in the last race? 3-8-12. Three, eight, twelve. I'm on a European horse kick okay. <laughs> tonight. Huh? Um, wow, none of us have the three anywhere except Paul, which means Paul's probably smarter than both yeah, uh, Pete the... and myself. Paul uh, only has to be going right with, once. Yeah, what? Pete, Paul's going with this like bizarro Euros. I love it. They're both yeah. they're prices. Lady Clementine, love the name coming from Southwell and Kempton on the Sin. Uh, and he's going to come here for George Papa, Pop, Papa Bajomo, who's, by the way, a very good trainer, and Joe Bravo. I think Bravo won the last race of the day on Sunday. I don't know if it was for Papa Jomo or not, uh, wire to wire. Um, just going with a fresh face. Uh, this horse he, is sired by uh, Churchill. So Howard, we yeah. already established the fact that I was alive in three big pick threes that had a $60 winner in it, and he beat me. Do we have to keep hopping on that? <laughs> What is it like about Lady Clementine, <laughs> Well, you know, again, I think uh, tur- tur- breeding-wise, I-, I think he's okay on turf. Uh, I-, yeah. I obviously I do. Love, you know, you mentioned Papa Dramo. He's don't get confused by the one for eighteen. He is a good trainer. Um, Bravo uh, Pitt is started out. No, I don't think anyone won more than four races last weekend out there for jockeys, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you did say it, Howard. He went right wire to wire in the last race on Sunday. And I think this race is about as wide open as you can be. This yeah. is the type of horse who gets lost in the wagering because he's coming from Europe. He's coming, going from synthetic, you know, hasn't run on turf yet. And, you know, he, he could be a 15 to one winner. And I want a price in this race. Cause I thought this race, Howard was probably the toughest in the sequence. You guys know, how I feel about all buttons, but this almost could be an all button. Uh, Pete, before we get to your pick, I do want to mention something. You guys don't know this, but a little inside info here on Lady Clementine. You guys see the owner here. One of them is DeTample. If you if you watch a lot of PPs, you might have heard of uh, DeTample. The part owner of Lady Clementine is Mark DeTample. 
and a little six degrees of separation. I have a good friend who is a college roommate of Mark DeTample at Marquette. And if you don't know Mark DeTample, he's a very sharp guy. So, Paul, I'm actually throwing you some kudos here. Again, I have no idea if this horse can run, but the owner, one of the part owner is a sharp guy. Maybe they saw something in this horse they like. So um, I'm, I'm using just about everyone here. That's interesting. Uh, Pete, you're going with the six horse here. Help me out. Is that is that take me by the it's- hand? Vivando, no. Vivando, oh, yeah. For Ronas uh, Racing and John Saylor, nothing wrong with that combo. No, it's a good, it's a good combo. And this one, he, she, I should say, apologies, but she, yeah, it's, I'm taking a little risk that I think she's going to probably need to step up a little bit. So I, I think, at least from a buyer standpoint, just a maybe a step below. But one thing I liked is she closed last time into a sort of a speed favoring track. It was going a mile and an eighth, but. She, and she closed into it and couldn't get there. And then if you go two back, sort of not the best trip, had a little, you know, lacked a little bit of room. Three back, had a little bit of trouble, wasn't the best. So I think stretching back out to the mile, I'm just sort of taking a shot that I think this one maybe has a forward move with a good trip. And I'm hoping that if, if she gets that good trip, she's coming off some nice works. So if you look back at, you know, those last two works, 59 and one, 59 and one. So it just shows that she's at least in form. And I think, again, if she can take a little bit of a step forward, it won't take a huge one. I think she fits in here in a field that I agree with you guys is, is pretty wide open. She was a $220,000 purchase too. So she's not, you know, she's not someone that I think they thought at least decently of her when they, when they bought her. So I think she's got a little bit of improvement in her and I'm hoping that comes today or Saturday, I should say. My top choice of horse that you guys have in the money also, Abayadar. We have to watch this replay, guys. Jeff Mullins has two in this race. Abayadar in this race was three to one. So I do like that, that this horse was well meant. You want to talk about a replay special. I don't know if you guys saw this race. Abayadar is the five. First of all, watch the start of the five here. Completely shut off. I mean, broke okay. Didn't break badly. Jumped up. But, I mean, look at that. I mean, I mean, really? Yeah, I mean, she's, she's already, way she's already lost, what, three or four. I mean, now the horse is climbing. I mean, this is ridiculous, right? I mean, this this is already lost touch of the field, basically, by three or four lengths. Now watch what happens. I'll just move it along. Uh, the horse rushes up. You see right there. The horse rushes up. And actually, look, look at this. Gets into position. But it's not even over. Watch this stretch run, guys. I mean, like, you compare this trouble to one fast bro, for example, it's, like, not even close. And now, like, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? Blocked, blocked, blocked. Try to get out. No, blocked. Uh, trying to still blocked, blocked. Ay, 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 ay. I mean, this is a complete disaster. And, you know, finishes evenly. But, I mean, based on the trouble she had, um, by the way, the three is also in this race. I mean, she finishes up okay, guys. It's not like she was closing like a complete train. I mean, that is, I don't know, four or five lengths of trouble, whatever you want to equate. I like the fact um, that, you know, she's got some works since I don't, I have no idea about the distance guys. It's a bit of a guessing game, but that the fact that this horse had that much trouble and was well meant means something to me. I'm very, very spread in this race. It's wide open uh, guys. Before we show our pick five tickets, I do have one question about this race that I think does need to be answered. And I'm going to, Paul, I'm going to let you answer this question. There are a lot of three and four-year-olds in this race. At this time of year, when you have horses that have not broken their maiden, 
are you more likely to bet the three-year-olds, four-year-olds? You don't even look at it. You don't care. Because I have a little bit of an opinion in this situation. You know, you'd have to lean to the three-year-olds, but I don't, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with connections and how patient or not, not patient, impatient connections can be. You know, you got, you see Chad Brown runs four-year-olds first timers that, you know, Peter Brent has the ability to say, yeah, we, you know, I, I have the money to pay the 3500 a month and, uh, We'll take our time and, uh, you know, when you get there, you get there. But some other connections, frankly, don't have that luxury and they might try to either rush them or not get them there. So, uh, you know, I'd be more inclined, you know, if I got a five-year-old, I I got a problem with it. But I I don't have a huge problem. But, I mean, if it was a 50-50 deal, Howard, at this time of year, I agree, I'd go with the three-year-old. But, you know, at a race like this, Howard, two, three, four, five, <laughs> this race is, is, is tough, but uh, I do like your point on the 12 Howard and he, you will see, he is in my, uh, he is in my pick five. All right. We'll get that in just a second. Um, my, my position is I don't like four-year-olds who have not broken their maiden once almost August. That doesn't mean a four-year-old can't win the race. I'm just much more negative to older horses when you get into the summer because if they were that good, they would have broken their maiden by now. Pete, agree or disagree as I get Paul's picks up here? No, I agree in general, but I, I do think it is a little race dependent because you could just catch the right field and, and then you get the win. So I, I, I don't like to stick to any hard and fast rules like that. I'm going to always take it horse dependent and race dependent. Okay. Um, Paul, we might as well have you go first since I'm going to be typing in picks as you say them. Um You've got, I know you got two, three, five, six, nine with was it five, nine? You read them off and then I'll bring it up. Yep. I have the two, three, five, six, nine with five, nine with three, 12 with one, three with three, four, five, eight, 12. You're going to love this, Pete, when you see what that ticket costs. No, I'm going to, I'm going to do the same thing. I bet it's a 72. 99.50. Oh, it's not. It's a 99. Oh, it's a hundred. It's a hundred exactly. So there, Uncle Howard. So, uh, Paul, you know what I did? Got of it. course, I put I put a horse in. It was sitting at 108, so I had to chop that horse off, like yeah. always. So that that's yeah. the one that always gets that's you. That's what happens. We need when you have a we ch- need to up Pete, the limit have, to 108. <laughs> when you have a cheap uncle, Pete, that's what happens. Yeah, that's because he's not Italian. Italians, you know, Italians spend. That's what that's right. what he he's got to learn. You know, I try to take care of you guys. <laughs> I, these the people at home don't even know what I'm talking about. Boy. <laughs> Rough anyway, crowd here. Rough, rough so, crowd. Uh, you could Paul, see my philosophy. What, you're, yeah, you're going I, deep I, early. You're going deep late. Deep late. And yeah. again, Paul did not take all fairness to Paul. Didn't have nearly as much time to right. go through. And, the race and, and I'm going to be playing ABCs. So, but right. Okay. There, there's Paul's ticket. But um, I will play that ticket, Howard, because if that ticket comes in, it's five figures. So I will play that caveman no matter what. I listen. I I think your euros are fascinating. I'm using them underneath. I, mean, I have no idea if they can run, but. They're also in races that are wide open, right, Paul? So, I mean, why not? Well, that's exactly why, why not it. throw them in there, for sure. Uh, okay, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, Pete, here's Pete's ticket, 72 bucks, 489 with 12310, with 510, with 128, with 612, a $72 ticket. Pete, talk about your construction briefly. 
Yeah, I thought I, I thought each race was wide open. I didn't really have a I didn't really have a single candidate. There wasn't one that that really jumped out at me. I do like Shaz a bit, even though it wasn't my top choice. I think that's one that if it could step up, can be maybe a dominant horse. Uh, you know, the same. I like Country Grammar, but I don't like it at the shorter distance. And like you said, might not be cranked. And then the last race, I think the last race is wide open. But I said, you know what? I'm just going to stick with my top two. I'm not going to spread just for the sake of sake of spreading. I probably would have obviously ABC backup tickets potentially, but for this one, I'm just going to go a little bit deeper in each in a couple races and then just go with my opinions and go, you know, two, three deep and just try and stick with them. Uh, my pick five is four, six, eight with two, four with one, three, six, 10 with two, three with four, five, seven, twelve. Screw country grammar. We don't need country. Let country grammar upset flight line in a month at like five to two, or whatever country grammar is going to be. Um, I'm using country grammar very defensively in the um, San Diego. I just don't think he's meant for this particular race, even though he's tons of the class. It's just one of those situations. And then I'm going, um, I love to fund it. And I'm going two, four in the Bing Crosby. I really like the another uh, number two Baffert Shaz and drain the clock. I could go very deep in that race. I'm actually less confident in the Bing Crosby than I am in the San Diego. I think either Defunded wires the field or Mandaloon comes from mid-pack and wins. I just don't like country grammar. I think some of those other horses are okay. We didn't even talk about Royal Ship at all. Royal Ship yeah. loves Royal Ship loves San Anita. Not very good at Del Mar. We didn't talk about him, but take a look at it. So, I mean, I guess there goes Harvard could win a lot of horses. I would go, I would pray in the last race. I have zero confidence in four, five, seven, twelve in the last race. But again, some knucklehead said we got to keep the ticket to $100 or less. So that's what we're doing. And the first race is very difficult also. I would definitely suggest to everyone out there, and I'll talk about it on the blog, because the blog this week is going to have, uh, that I'm going to be writing, will have Del Mar and, and Saratoga. And for those of you subscribe to the blog, it is only, it's gonna, I'm going to do full card. That's right. Full card, Del Mar, and Saratoga. Uh, races we didn't even talk about earlier in, this, in the uh, day. I want to talk about on the blog. I would highly recommend you spread early and late in this pick five on Saturday at Del Mar. Uh, as we wrap up the show, guys, appreciate you coming on. Um, Pete, any final thoughts about uh, Saturday at Del Mar? I think Paul said it earlier, and I think you said it too. I think this is a good sequence. I don't think there's super obvious singles. I think there's deep enough fields. I don't think we're going to have – I think there's enough where I think a bomb can come in in at least two of these races. And if you do that, then I think you're getting a, you're getting a high-priced ticket potentially. So I think this is one to play for sure. Uh, Paul, it's, is it going to be Baffert's Day Saturday or not in the big stake races? What's your gut feeling? Well, my, based on the picks that I've talked about, no. But, you know, no one's going to be shocked uh, if it is. We, I'll certainly be rooting for it not to be his day. I could tell you that much. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it, it's it, – and, you know, how great is it to have <laughs> on a Saturday night, uh, for those of us on the East Coast, to starting at, what would you say, 8 o'clock, Howard? Yeah, 8 o'clock you know, Eastern. It doesn't really get much better than that. So No. And, and Howard, I would like to say that you'll relate to this. I'm happy because – one week from this very minute, I will have just finished a delicious Italian meal at Pennell's on Jefferson Ooh. Street in Ooh. Saratoga Springs. I did not have a chance to go there, but there's a bunch of places I'll have to hit. 
uh, next time. Uh, guys, I think we're going to uh, wrap it up. I, I, no, I don't want to throw shade at Saratoga because tomorrow we're going to talk about Saratoga with Seth Merrill, and it's a great card. But, but the Del Mar card is deeper, and I'm definitely going to be saving more of my money for Saturday night as opposed to Saturday during the day. I just think the betting opportunities are better at Del Mar on Saturday. But, folks, you got to join us tomorrow night because we're going to cover the Vanderbilt, the Jim Danny with some great horses. You'll get to meet Seth Merrill if you don't know him. Excellent handicapper, great guy. He'll be with us again, 8 o'clock Eastern tomorrow to cover the late pick five in the stake races at Del Mar. For Pete Visco and Paul Halloran, this has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 161 of the HHH Racing Podcast. By the way, check out our great website also, hhhracingpodcast.com. There's all really good info, including the article that that wonderful gentleman below me wrote uh, about me and the podcast. Thanks a lot, Paul. Again, appreciate that. Check it out on the website. We're also going to have some um, pictures of my vacation, a lot of other uh, cool things up on hhhracingpodcast.com. Have a great night, everyone, and we will see you tomorrow, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care. Good night.